Another first for Taiwan's foreign relations. Seven members of the European Parliament flew into Taiwan on Wednesday for a three-day visit. This marks the first time the European Parliament has sent a formal delegation. The group is scheduled to meet top officials, including President Tsai, to discuss Taiwan's experience in fighting Chinese disinformation and political interference. We are very happy to be here. They're off the plane, greeting the cameras. These officials are a delegation from the European Parliament's INGE, a special committee on foreign interference in democratic processes. Their Taiwan tour started right after landing. In the afternoon, the delegation visited the executive yuan, where they were greeted one by one with an elbow bump by Premier Su Zhenchang. The Premier gave a presentation on Taiwan to his guests from afar. Not far across the street is China, whose disinformation campaigns are very concerning. By coming here, you will all see and experience how Taiwan is on the front line of freedom and democracy. You'll see the importance of Taiwan's role and how difficult it is to play. We came here to learn from you. Not only to commend your achievements, but to understand what we can take from your experience for our own countries. So it's also a very selfish visit. We come to ask questions, take notes, and go back to Europe in order to improve our situation. The delegation is scheduled to call on President Tsai Ing-wen on Thursday and on the Legislative Yuan on Friday. It will also meet with Minister Without Portfolio Audrey Tang and Mainland Affairs Council Minister Chiu Tai-san. The focus of the delegation is the compound threat posed by disinformation and cyber attacks. They hope to exchange ideas and engage deeply with Taiwanese government officials. The delegation is composed of seven members of the European Parliament. It is led by Raphael Glucksmann from France. There's also former Lithuanian Prime Minister Andreas Kubilus and Marketa Gregorova of the Czech Republic. There are also MEPs from Austria, Greece and Italy. A DPP lawmaker says their visit is a breakthrough for Taiwan's foreign relations. The European Parliament has been toughening its stance on China, and it is not afraid of retribution from China. So from the timing of the visit, it can be seen that the European Parliament is very confident in Taiwan. Secondly, this is the first time a European Parliament delegation has visited Taiwan. More importantly, the visit was paid for by public funds. Last month, the European Parliament overwhelmingly adopted a report calling for enhancing political relations and cooperation with Taiwan. Now Taiwan is welcoming its first delegation of European MEPs. With support surging from the European Parliament, Taiwan-EU relations are closer than ever. Japan will bestow its highest honor for foreigners to former legislative speaker Wang Jinping. Wang is one of five non-Japanese citizens who will receive a grand cordon of the Order of the Rising Sun. The honor, which was announced Wednesday, recognizes his contribution to enhancing the friendship between Taiwan and Japan. Wang is the third Taiwanese in history to be granted the award. Japan has announced it will present former legislative speaker Wang Jingping with a grand cordon of the Order of the Rising Sun, the highest merit awarded by Japan's government to foreign nationals. On its 2021 autumn honors list, Japan granted the order to five foreigners, 
and Wang was the only Taiwanese on the list. The other four honorees hailed from the U.S., Italy, Uzbekistan, and Micronesia. During his tenure as legislative speaker, Wang visited Japan on numerous occasions. He also served as honorary chair of a Taiwan-Japan friendship union at the Legislative Yuan. After the 2011 Tohoku earthquake, Wang led a delegation to Japan to extend Taiwan's support to Japan's earthquake relief. There, he presented a 1 billion yen donation raised in Taiwan to aid the victims of the disaster. In May of that year, he led a large business delegation to Hokkaido to rehabilitate Japan's tourism industry after the earthquake. In July 2012, he once again visited Japan, touring Miyagi Prefecture to support disaster relief and promote tourism. In the 10 years since the earthquake, Wang has given consistent support to Japan's reconstruction. In recognition of his efforts, Japan has named him a major force in enhancing the friendship between Japan and Taiwan. Wang is the third Taiwanese in history to be presented with the Grand Cordon of Order of the Rising Sun. The other two recipients are former Examination Yuan President Xu Shui-de and former Judicial Yuan President Lai Haoming, who were conferred the honor in 2015 and 2017, respectively. This demonstrates that Japan has a long memory. It also shows that Japan's exchanges with Taiwan are not restricted to interactions with the ruling party. It's not restricted to interactions with the opposition. It's not like Japan only wants to interact with either the DPP or the KMT. That's not the way that Japan interacts with Taiwan. I hope that the KMT will take a moment to consider this. You're pro-China? Fine. But consider your attitude toward Japan. Even when Japan donated vaccines to Taiwan, the KMT found something to complain about. Besides honoring Wang, Japan will give the Order of the Rising Sun, Gold and Silver Star to former economics minister He Meiyue, recognizing her contribution to Taiwan-Japan technological and economic exchanges. The Order of the Rising Sun, Gold and Silver Rays will be presented to Ling Shanchao, the chairman of Baojue Temple in Taichung. The United Nations Climate Change Conference of the Parties, better known as COP26, is underway in Glasgow, Scotland. As in past sessions of this annual summit, Taiwan is attending as a non-governmental observer due to pressure from China. But in a press conference Wednesday, the deputy minister of the Taiwan EPA said his country has no intention of sitting out the war against climate change. Taiwan will not be absent from discussions on slowing global warming and climate change. The EPA officials stress that Taiwan should be allowed to stand with the world in combating climate change. Due to Chinese pressure, Taiwan is unable to attend the COP26 as a nation. To this day, political factors have made it so we can only participate in such international conferences as an NGO observer. Despite that, Taiwan has never shirked the responsibilities laid out for all countries by the UNFCCC. The COP26 opened on October 31st in Glasgow, Scotland. Although only attending as an observer, Taiwan's government plans to organize a Taiwan Day in Glasgow on November 11th. The event will showcase Taiwan's efforts in battling climate change and its plans for reducing emissions. Taoyuan Mayor Zheng Wenzhan will participate virtually in the event, giving a keynote on Taoyuan's green energy development. 
Taoyuan has been actively promoting green energies such as solar energy, bioenergy, and wind energy. Taoyuan has the most installed power generation capacity of all of northern Taiwan, and our goal is to reach net zero emissions by 2050. The Ministry of Foreign Affairs released a video narrated in the Amish language. It's on Taiwan's green energy transition, its commitments to net zero emissions by 2050, and the importance of sustainable development. The message is clear. In the fight against climate change, every country in the world has a part to play. The CECC says it may recommend a second dose of Pfizer for children aged 12 to 17 and an interval of six weeks instead of three weeks from the first dose. The health minister made the remark on Wednesday amid a debate on whether a second dose is appropriate for this age group. Experts are weighing the risks of myocarditis, a side effect that's 10 times more common in teenage males after the second dose. But with most experts believing that the benefits outweigh the risks, the CECC says it's likely to recommend full vaccination. The original interval between two shots of Pfizer is 21 days, but we are considering stretching that interval to six weeks or more. This proposal will be discussed and finalized by the ACIP, which will review and compare it with data from overseas. After administering more than 1 million doses on teenagers, Taiwan reported more than 10 cases of myocarditis. Only one of those cases was severe to the point of requiring extracorporeal membrane oxygenation. But still, we must stay vigilant. In our cardiology department, we have seen a surge of visits by teenagers who felt unwell after receiving a Pfizer shot. So when parents receive the consent form for the child's second dose of Pfizer, they may have more factors to consider. Over in the U.S., vaccination for children aged 5 to 11 kicked off on Wednesday. Taiwan's health officials say they will watch the rollout closely before deciding whether to follow suit. With global prices of raw materials rising, interest rates are going up around the world as governments attempt to stem rising inflation. The U.S. Federal Reserve will meet to decide their interest policy in the early hours of Thursday Taiwan time. Economic experts say that with inflation on the rise, hikes in interest are a global trend and Taiwan might join the bandwagon. World-famous Taiwanese-American economist Richard Ku appears in a video call to share his thoughts on the state of the world post-COVID, plus challenges for U.S.-China relations. But many are more interested in acute price rises of oil and other global commodities. The U.S. Fed meets to decide its policy this week. If the U.S. and Taiwan both raise interest rates and the trade deficit expands, then, for instance, some hot money might flow out of Taiwan back to the U.S. That would, of course, have some rather harmful effects on Taiwan's stock market and property market. If interest rates start rising worldwide, it will be hard for Taiwan to resist raising them, too. The central bank has named three key factors relevant to any hike to interest. The interest rates of other nations, changes in the consumer price index, and Taiwan's economic recovery. But growing inflation pressure has already precipitated interest hikes in many countries, including Russia, South Korea, Brazil, Singapore and New Zealand. The inflation situation has set off a rising tide of interest. 
as we are in an atmosphere of inflation, many countries are raising their interest rates. It's popular because raising interest is the way to fight back against inflation. Consumers in Taiwan are already feeling the effect of rising commodity prices. Now there's inflation on the cards too. The U.S. Fed says it wants to reduce monetary stimulus and is expected to roll back on federal debt. The global economy may also be impacted by a strategy meeting at the Bank of England later this week. The U.S. is also acting quite cautiously because raising interest rates is an incredible thing. It punctures rising commodity prices. An economic bubble is such a handful. You may find you cut down half your balance sheet and then just pay it out again. Puncturing an economic bubble can lead to recession, not for the faint of heart. An interest hike would hit the property market, sending hot money overseas and potentially rocking stocks. That's not necessarily a more appealing prospect than the inflation it's supposed to rein in. The DPP has confirmed its candidate for the January 9th by-election in Taichung's second constituency. The party will field Ling Jingyi, a physician who was once a lawmaker. She will compete for the seat left empty by Taiwan State Building Party Chen Bowei, who was removed in a re- recall election last month. Lin is endorsed by President Tsai herself. Taiwan's democracy shall not be allowed to regress on account of a malicious recall vote. As long as we do our utmost, we are confident that people who want a better Taiwan will prevail over those who only want to trip up Taiwan. We are confident and we shall prevail. Our entire party is rooting for Jingyi. I am confident. Lawmaker Bowie's one year and nine months of hard work and my own four years of experience in the legislature will be seen along with a long-time local service of my colleagues in the DPP. Together, on a platform that's based on service, we will wage this campaign. We will make the voters of Taichung's second constituency believe that we can bring them a better future. The Taiwan State Building Party is sitting out the election and has given its endorsement to the DPP's candidate. In a social media post, the minority party asked all pro-Taiwan Taiwanese to vote for Lin to, quote, reclaim the beachhead for democracy. The fourth Indo-Pacific Business Forum was held online recently and it focused on sustainability and innovation. Taiwanese officials were invited to speak at a session during the event. They discussed Taiwan's model for electric vehicles and ways that countries in the Indo-Pacific region can cooperate in the future. For most, the news reporter Stephanie Yang has the highlights. I want to first acknowledge the role Taiwan has played in partnership with the United States on pivotal policy initiatives. AIT Director Sandra Otkirk delivered the opening speech. She mentioned that Taiwan plays a key role in autonomous driving systems and electric vehicle battery manufacturing. She also emphasized that Taiwan is the United States' trusted partner in the global supply chain in key emerging technologies, medical equipment, and the semiconductor industry. Taiwan is a reliable partner a vibrant democracy, and a force for good in the world. As we evaluate what changes to the global supply chain are necessary, as the world economy seeks to recover from the impact of the COVID-19 pandemic, one thing is certain. Taiwan has demonstrated time and again that it is a critical player in moving toward a more sustainable global economy. 
Taiwan is at the center of regional high technology supply chains, and the United States considers Taiwan a key partner in critical emerging technologies, medical equipment, and semiconductors. Taiwan External Trade Development Council Chairman James Wong discussed the future of electric vehicle cooperation under the country's Indo-Pacific strategy. He said that Taiwan is a leader in both hardware and software for electric vehicles and is a key provider in the electric vehicle supply chain. We take this opportunity to share Taiwan's strengths in the electric vehicle industry with partners from the Indo-Pacific. Firstly, we have a very complete supply chain for the electric car industry. Taiwan is one of the U.S.'s very important partners in the electric car industry, especially for Tesla. Secondly, we have common platforms such as Honghai Technology Group's MIH. This is to help partners all over the world who want to produce electric vehicles to make those vehicles in the shortest time and at the lowest cost possible. Industrial Technology Research Institute Vice President James Wang also spoke at the forum. Wang mentioned that Yitri has more than 6,000 talented people doing research and development in various technologies such as those for smart homes, healthcare, environmental sustainability, information technology, and green energy. Yitri has also helped cultivate more than 151 startups and has launched branch offices in North America, Europe, Japan, and other regions. Take the electric bus as an example. We have the CTP Alliance, which refers to the Commercial Taiwan Partnership. Our first step is to expand our alliance. The annual forum was jointly organized by the U.S. Department of Commerce, the Confederation of Indian Industry, and other business associations, and it's aimed at promoting investment, economic cooperation, and trade between the U.S. and partners in the Indo-Pacific region. For most of the news, Stephanie Yang, Huang Pengyu in Taipei. Well, the nominations are out for the 26th Asian Television Awards. FTV scored 11 nominations, including two nods for the category of Best News Program. FTV Vice President Huan Ling is shortlisted for Best Current Affairs Presenter for her program, The History of Taiwan Railway Hotel. FTV also claimed nominations in all four acting categories. Launched in 1996, the Asian Television Awards recognized excellence in TV programming across Asia. Winners will be announced via live stream on December 10th and 11th. It's Asia's premier awards for television production. The Asian Television Awards has released its shortlist for this year's ceremony, with FTV scooping 11 nominations. On the entertainment side, Golden Years actors Kongdu Lasi and Fu Zichun are nominated for Best Actor in a Supporting Role. Lan Weihua and Chu Xuan, the stars of FTV drama Game of Solar Eclipse, are shortlisted for Best Lead Actor and Actress, respectively. Yuan Ai Fei is in the running for Best Supporting Actress. FTV's evening news program and its English news broadcast have each made the shortlist for best news program. 各位好,我是胡婉玲,欢迎收看台湾演艺节目。20世纪初期,当台湾到处还是稻田农舍样貌的时候, 
FTV Vice President Hu Wanling is nominated for Best Current Affairs Presenter for her program, Taiwan History, the History of Taiwan Railway Hotel. Formosa News' Ken Lee is in the ring for Best News Anchor. Formosa News claimed another nod for its investigative report on migrant workers, titled Incarcerated in Taiwan. The feature is a finalist for Best Single News Story. FTV documentary The History of Taiwan Railway Hotel is nominated for Best 3D Animated Program at the Asian Television Awards. Last month, it also made the shortlist for Best Animated Program at the Asian Academy Creative Awards. Since 1997, FTV has strived for excellence and has become a leader in television production in the Asia region. Olympic athletes have been drafted in to promote a new scheme giving luxury meals to frontline COVID workers. Two major social foundations sponsored Michelin chefs to create a series of gua bao or pork belly buns for the occasion. Medical workers as well as firefighters and police who risk their health through the pandemic are in for a very special lunch. Olympic table tennis player Zheng Yijing, archer Tang Zhijun, sports shooter Wang Jiaying, and weightlifter Fang Wanling are in a new role, ambassadors for a program to send meals to frontline COVID workers. When the pandemic was really bad, our medical heroes couldn't actually go home. In the past, during tournaments, I'd be abroad for long periods, so I know the pain of not being able to go home. I want to donate our appearance fees to help more people and pass on this happiness. The IC Taiwan Foundation and Sailing Wind Cultural and Educational Foundation have invited five Michelin chefs to create a five-star guabao. Four flavors will provide encouragement to Taiwan's frontline medical workers, including roast duck, ox tongue, and eel. I think these bao are delicious. They've been carefully prepared by Michelin chefs. They're that wonderful. I really feel my appetite picking up. The guabao is also called Tiger Bites Pig, a play on words meaning bite down on happiness. So we hope these distinctively Taiwanese and lucky guabao will transmit happiness to our medical heroes on the front line. The chairman of Sailing Wind Foundation delivered some guabao personally to a fire department involved in COVID duties. The program will hand out 2,500 guabao to police, firefighters and hospital workers who have borne the brunt of stress during the pandemic. <laughs> 